of the Bill Michael Show. Good to have you. On this Wednesday, when, you know what that means? Not only do you have the show today, but you have the uh, the huddle coming up tonight. And we're going to be at uh, Bullwinkles in Brookfield. Come on out and say hi. Uh, I'm excited. Why? Because Bullwinkles has moved. This is their new location in the Galleria right behind Cops on Blue Mound Road. And we're going to be there tonight from 6 to 8 with the huddle. Mike Clemens is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk with Chuck Freeman tonight, among others. So looking forward to all of that. And in addition to that, I get to try out uh, maybe it's the same menu, but a different kitchen, maybe different people. Who knows? But I'm looking forward to a... They used to have, and I don't know if they still have it, they had this buffalo chicken salad that was just awesome. And I've been craving that all this, and pretty much since I woke up this morning, so I'm excited about that. So that's coming up tonight. That's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, who bring you the program each and every day. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Ben Kenny producing the program. Ben, how you doing today? Eh, you know, it's a Wednesday. Your Phillies suck. I was going to say the Brewers and the Phillies are just sad at this point. Neither of them seems like want to make the playoffs. Nope. They just keep just saying, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. No, no, you take it. You, you take it. Uh, you no. Know. So, yeah, it's uh, it's two teams that refuse to win in big moments. Are you excited for the Albert Pujols uh, memorabilia? Uh, what's the word? Their tribute? Coming up the, tonight, the re, the retirement tour tribute, Yadi Molina um, as well. Uh, I will not be there. I will be doing the show tonight, so I'm not overwhelmingly uh, excited about it. I will say this: for as much and and Brewers fans may differ, but for as much as we have hated Yadi or Molina, you got to give it up to the guy for longevity, being a leader. Um, it, he, he's, you know, like it, it, they did the, the, the series called the captain on Derek Jeter and the New York Yankees in the 30 for 30. And he always seemed to be above board, the likable figure. Uh, he played hard, but never dirty. Molina was an ass, but he was an ass to benefit his team. I remember Brandon Phillips and him going back to the uh, back to the net in a fight when the Reds and the uh, Cardinals went slugging to slugging, so to speak, uh, years ago. I remember Molina calling for an inside pitch on Richie Sexton and getting in Richie Sexton's face years ago. I, I remember him, I think it was with Andrew McCutcheon, uh, back when McCutcheon was in his MVP days with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and him and McCutcheon getting into it. I... I he he is the guy that the you just love to hate, but if he was on your team as the consummate consummate pro behind the plate and doing things like that for your team, you'd love it. So uh, I I'm not a Yadier Molina fan, but for what he's done, the longevity he's had, the championships he's won, I give him credit. You know, between him and Pujols, uh, Pujols obviously, you know, now a member of the 700 club which is just a feat within itself. It's an amazing feat. And to think that Albert Pujols out-dueled, you got to wonder, don't you, though? Albert Pujols and what he's been able to accomplish in his career, and then you look at a guy like Ken Griffey Jr. who never took a steroid a day in his life, and it was obvious because the injuries broke him down as time went on. Now, they played two different positions, two more physically agile positions, first base, Versus center field, crashing into walls, diving for balls, and all that kind of stuff. 
But you just and, – and Ken Griffey Jr. had speed, where Albert Pujols was not a speed guy. He was more of a a, a muscle guy. But you just – you look at, at Jr. and you say he crashed the wall in the 600 club. How much better would he have been or would he uh, have eclipsed any of those records, even Hank Aaron's record, had he stayed healthy? Uh, which we there's always been wonderment about Albert Pujols. There's always been a, a, a shadow over his age, a shadow over his – physique and whether or not he's done it clean and such but he's never he's never tested positive so and i'm sure they've looked so i'm I, you got to give albert Pujols a lot of credit but am i i'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here but uh both guys i respect both guys have been successful both guys you got to give their props to and i think we're big enough as brewers fans to say we hate the cardinals we we couldn't stand yadier as a player uh we're glad to see him retire but for what they've done for that franchise you got to give them their props is that is that kind of a fair statement? Yes, I think how it all laid out and the timing with the Cardinals clinching yesterday. None of this is obviously planned by the Brewers, but given how this season played out and then the Cardinals coming back after someone with the Brewers Twitter handle was talking crap to them in July and then they celebrate mm-hmm. last night and then you have a tribute coming up tonight. The timing of all of it is kind of funny, I will say. Yeah. Um th- that I'll agree with. It, whether they had it last night on a night they clinched or tonight, it, which is their last, because it's a two-game series, it's their last opportunity, so I understand that. So, eh, you know, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, he deserves it, certainly deserves the credit. After that, who cares? Talk to you later. Move on. So that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. I, 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 Excuse me. It uh, it was uh, a friend of mine. Larry is a photographer, and he takes a lot of pictures for uh, Brewers games, Badgers games, Packers games, uh, Bucks games, and such. And incredible photographer. He was in the uh, clubhouse last night, taking pictures uh, of the moment for the uh, for Major League Baseball. And I saw he posted that today. And I was looking at his pictures on Facebook, and part of me was like, "Oh, that sucks." celebrating and spraying champagne in the visitor's clubhouse at American Family Field. It sucks. And then I remember, I'm like, it was only a couple of years ago that the Brewers were clinching down in St. Louis, knocking off the Cardinals to grab the division tie and then having the tiebreaker where they celebrated with champagne in both the Cardinals clubhouse and Chicago's clubhouse at Wrigley Field, I should say. So, you know, karma is what it is. And if you don't want them to do it, then beat them. You know, they could have beat them two games in a row. They could have celebrated somewhere else. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, the Brewers, I, I've said it for a while now, we're watching kind of the bloodletting down the stretch as the season winds down. And uh, I, as much as it sucks, it's it wasn't it kind of apropos. You, you watch Adrian Hauser last night, throws the wild pitch, comes out of the game. He's now on the the injured list. He's His season, in essence, is pretty much over. Um you know, unless they go deep into the postseason, but uh, you know it. You know they lose six to two. It just you know Rowdy Telez goes yard. They played another one after that. It it was just typical Brewers fashion last night for what we've seen in the second half of this season. Just disappointing. Um, and Michaelis, uh, Michaelis, uh, you know, beats them again. They just for whatever reason that that guy just has their number. So it is what it is. As you just watch the. Uh, 
you know, the averages fall. Christian Yelich at the top of the top of the lineup, over four, a couple of strikeouts. You know, so Rowdy Teles gets the long ball. There was really nothing to to write home about. Mitchell continues to hit. The guy's hitting two ninety two. I'm telling you, I, I that if you're going to to see the Brewers for anything, Garrett Mitchell's the guy. You know, I, he's just he's 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 just been exciting to watch, and it's a good story and. You know, it's great when his family's there and they're cheering for him, you know, like they're just out of their minds. And uh, that's a fun story. You know, beyond that, you know, what are you rooting for? You know, you're just hanging, trying to hang on to some kind of hope that they're going to find their way into the postseason. Now, I will say, if you look at the Brewers' schedule for the remainder, they have obviously the Cardinals coming up again. Uh, but after that, it's Miami and Arizona. That's it. Eight games remaining on the docket. 6.40 tonight. It's an ESPN Plus game, too, by the way. Brandon Woodruff on the hill. And it sets up like this. Woodruff, Lauer, Burns, Peralta, Hauser, Woodruff, Lauer, Burns. That's the way it's supposed to go. Now, what they're going to do to adjust that, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if, you, if, if they win tonight and Philadelphia loses again, your half game back, now you've got that breather, breather's chance. But all it's going to take is for Philadelphia to win one and the Brewers lose one, and it's done. It's done. It's over with. That's the final nail in the coffin. A game and a half back, you can kind of breathe a little bit. In essence, two games back. But now we wait and see. Who who does – I haven't even looked. Who does the the Phillies have down the stretch here? They're on the road for all of it. They have the Cubs, and then they are in Washington for four games in three days, and then they get – uh, I know Houston is at the end. There might be another one mixed in there, but it's all on the okay. road. Okay. Well, I guess if you're the Brewers, if you win out and go on some kind of crazy win streak, uh, you kind of would gain them back because you would figure Houston would knock off Philadelphia, even though Houston has kind of got it in cruise control right now, just getting to the postseason. But beyond that, must win tonight that. or it can't lose? Must win. Every game from here on out throughout the reg- until you tie or overtake Philadelphia, it's a must-win. Every game's a must-win. I don't think you can look at these last games and go, you know, if we win three out of four from Miami and two out of three from Arizona, well, it doesn't matter if on the same days you win and then lose, so does Philadelphia. Every game's a must-win. Until you're on top, every game's a must-win. And until you're on top by a game or more, everything's a must-win. So we'll see what Woody does tonight. There you go. Um, I wanted to bring this up. And I, I saw this statistic today, and I, I got to say I can't take credit for it. Uh, and maybe you did as well. But the question I have coming into today's show, when I saw this this morning, and there's a lot of stuff. We look for a lot of different things to talk about, obviously, regarding the Packers. And I, I, I heard this this morning, and I had to go back. I actually used my DVR. I went back and listened to it, and I, I had to be sure that's what it was. For Aaron Rodgers... Right now, think about this for a minute. His average downfield pass, average yardage downfield pass in the air is three and a half yards. Think about that for a minute. His average, as as, as determined by Stats Inc. and Pro Football Focus, and I think they had the stat today on, uh, on ESPN as well, his average forward pass is averaging three and a half yards per pass. 
Let that sink in for a second. That means crossing patterns over the middle and all that different stuff, you know, going downfield. Now, it would have obviously been a much, much different average had Christian Watson got that first pass. But the average downfield pass for Aaron Rodgers is the lowest it's ever been at three and a half yards per pass through three games. Now, that's a statistic. That's it. It's a statistic. But it was it's indicative of the way the offense is. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the season. And I'll get to that here in just a moment. But when you think about the way the offense, you're running the football, quick outs to to the to the running backs. They're doing some things with, you know, quick outs to the wide receivers, kind of bubble screen stuff, you know, short crossing patterns with Tanyan and and you start to get into all of that. And I was astounded that that is what it stated. So I I, I was like, man, I couldn't believe that. And then I started to ask myself, okay, step back for a minute. What does it mean? What it means is you don't have a downfield threat. You don't have a guy that once or twice, three times a game, you can throw a 20-yard pass to. Even the the ones that have broken off like the Randall Cobb catch, it's the majority of yards are gained after the catch. So his pass play average is higher, but the yards per pass in the air are averaging higher. Three and a half yards per pass. That's astounding for Aaron Rodgers. And that is an indictment of no downfield threat. We can all we can all admit that, okay? Now, that's a stat that can change, most probably will. As the season goes on, you're going to get more and more, hopefully, out of Christian Watson, out of Romeo Dobbs. Maybe you get Sammy Watkins back in about three, four weeks. Who knows? But just that statistic alone. So... What I said at the beginning of the season was, can the Packers win like that with this new short game, right? And the question, as, as you know, I, you know, a lot of people say, well, this offense isn't going to look the same. They're going to move the football. They're going to score points. But it's not going to look the same. You're right. Because they don't have the downfield threat. Now the question is, when they get into a two-minute situation, game tied or trailing, this is why I said they're going to lose games. They don't have the ability to get downfield. They don't. They don't have the ability to have that big bomb, that big play guy like Devontae where you can just say, you're one-on-one, I see it, you're on the outside, you got to go get me one because that's what he would do with Devontae. And Devontae, obviously, now, look, Devontae's not walking through that door. Devontae Adams is not coming back. Something is not going to drastically change, and all of a sudden they're going to make a trade, and Devontae's coming back home, and there's going to be the, this reuniting. No, that's it's, it's, it's past, it's done, it's gone. But just in the grand scheme of things, you think of the loss of the presence of a true downfield receiver. Can the Packers continue to win this way? Can the Packers continue to win this way? And Steve, 
over on the Bud Light live stream? I will answer that question when we come back. But I think it's a legit question. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. It is a Wednesday. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Tonight, the Bill Michael Huddle. We're going to be at Bullwinkles out on Blue Mountain Road in the Galleria right behind Cops, 6 to 8 tonight. If you're not going to be there in person, listen to the program wherever you're at or watch it on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, or over on Twitch TV. Find us there. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Coming up in a little bit, Mark Schofield will be joining us, SB Nation. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, is going to be here today as well. I'm going to talk with both of those guys about this uh, this Packers team and this offense and um, what, uh, you know, the sustainability of the short game because I think it's a very real question when it comes to the viability of the short game and being able to move the ball downfield. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com. Again, Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. Down in Elkhorn is my buddy Scott. Scott can take care of you down there, and uh, apparently he has for a couple of different people that I've sent in that direction, which is fantastic. Uh, but if you're looking for an auto as well, uh, you can go to Cunis, Shop Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, ShopCunis.com, ShopCunis.com. Whether it's uh, automobile dealers, RV dealers, all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders. They got it going on. That is Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, the fastest growing RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin. There you go. Thanks to them for being a part of the program. So Steve, uh, ESPN Steve over on uh, the the, uh, the Bud Light live stream says, uh, with the Packers only throwing passes on average downfield of three and a half yards per pass. Isn't that the true West Coast style of offense? It It is, um, but it's not the true, the purest form. It's not the Bill Walsh form, but you're right. It's, it's more of a West Coast style of offense. Now, for whatever reason, Steve, it's a bad word in Green Bay. I don't know why, but it is. If you say, hey, isn't that kind of a West Coast style? Well, it is, but it's not. It's not. We're, it's almost like we're so much smarter. We're so much smarter than the West Coast style of offense. No, it's kind of a style. It's kind of a West Coast style of offense. It's quick outs, moving the football, keeping the defense on their heels. Uh, but the problem is, if you don't get a downfield threat eventually, teams just start stacking the box. You know, they bring, you start leaking safeties up because you don't need to play over the top. You're not going to go downfield. Part of that. Now, uh, the other aspect of this, and I think something technically that needs to be recognized, is that the line protection early on was not great, specifically in, in Minnesota. So when you have constant pressure, you don't have the ability to get downfield. Rodgers doesn't have the ability to wait to throw the ball 20, 30 yards downfield because the, the pressure was on him almost immediate. So that is going to skew the numbers. That is as much of a confirmation of style of offense as it is a condemnation of the offensive line protection because that will go hand in hand. If you don't have time to throw it long, you got to throw it short, right? Let's be honest. But I, uh, it, 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 
it's part of the West Coast style, but if you say that's West Coast offense, they're going to go, no, it's not. It's no. And then they get almost uh, upset by it to call it West Coast style of offense. But it, is it concerning? Is it concerning? Can, do you feel the way we've seen the Green Bay Packers play? Two and one. And we know that, you know, look, the, the Vikings went all out, man. All out week one. Since then, they've been relatively average. Right? But can the Packers win, continue to win this way? Now, remember, let me keep in mind here, uh, they're 2-1 and one with seemingly an easier portion of their schedule coming up, right? No Mac Jones on Sunday. They should, and I say should, be able to go into London the following week and get a win over Daniel Jones and company. Uh, the Giants, I, and I said this yesterday, the Giants are, uh, even though they came into that game against uh, the uh, the Cowboys at 2-0, and they, they're, they're not a 2-0 and look team. They just have escaped with a couple. Uh, and then after that, they have the Jets. They should beat the Jets. So they should beat New England, no Mac Jones. They should beat the Giants over in London. They should beat the Jets back at home at uh, Lambeau. They should beat the Washington. And then, then, then the next three games are on the road, okay? They should beat the Washington Commanders, right? So they've got four more games. So you figure they're probably, probably 6-1, and one by the time they face Buffalo in Buffalo on Sunday night, right? That's You would figure that. Then after that, they get the Lions in Detroit. By the time they face the Cowboys and Tennessee Titans in back-to-back games uh, in the early portion of November, mid-portion of November, uh, because they do that in, on a, uh, uh, a Sunday game, a Sunday late afternoon game against the Cowboys, and they come right back again at home on that Thursday night game on Prime Video to face Tennessee. So, I, you know, but you're going to get Dak Prescott back most likely by then and Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau. But I can see them being 6-1, six and, one, six and, six and one by the time they face Buffalo. But can they win in that fashion against Buffalo? Buffalo's going to be their toughest face. Let's, let's be honest. Buffalo, by, by many accounts... Probably a team that's going to find its way deep into the postseason and into a Super Bowl, most likely. 877-867-1670. The offense, worried about it? Yay or nay? Yay or nay? Uh, Got a couple here. This one's from Rick. Rick says, uh, I think the offense right now is junk. They don't have anybody to go downfield. Brian Gutekunst hasn't done a good enough job in fortifying the wide receiver position. There's other guys that are going to be out there. When is OBJ available? Uh, I don't know. I have not heard anything regarding Odell Beckham Jr. That's a great question. And my assumption is by the mid-portion of October, if now, remember, OBJ is not young anymore, but if he is able to go, I would say in the next couple of weeks, you're probably going to start hearing his name because I think that's what that's what uh, he was targeting. When we were talking about the offseason and free agents, um, I think 
I think he was targeting middle of October, if I read correctly. Ben, do you remember anything about OBJ? I, I, I think, wasn't he targeting middle of uh, October to come back? Yes. Middle late, to end of October? Late yeah. in the season. And he's also said he didn't want to sign before training camp. He wanted to see which teams were good. And he went on that little right. tour early in the year with that Rams right. game to start the year, kind of yeah. wooing teams to see if they would want him. Yeah, I I really believe that if he comes back, it's probably going to be you're going to start hearing him ramp it up in the next couple of weeks. Once teams really kind of find out who they by the time the Packers say head to Buffalo, which is the end of October. By the way, that, that what, what is that? Uh, is that Halloween? I think it's last. Uh, no, I think it's the thirtieth. It's the thirtieth. Uh, now that I'm looking at it, it's the thirtieth. It's not Halloween. It's the night before Halloween. Uh, and that's that. Uh, that's that that uh, NBC Sunday night game. So I think by that time you will probably see OBJ at least get, get talked to by the Packers. I I think you would be crazy not to. You've already seen injuries to Christian Watson and to Sammy Watkins. You'd be stupid. You'd be an absolute freaking moron not to call him. I think we can all agree upon that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. But do you think the Packers can continue to win this way? Uh, Jim says, I don't want OBJ. Tell me why, Jim. Who else is out there? Who else is out there on the market you would want? Let, let's start there. Because I think, you know, God knows, one more injury, man, you're going to have to go get somebody. Who else would you want? Complicated fellow says, relax, passing in the NFL is timing and wide receiver recognition takes longer to develop. I, I agree with all of that. But if you're talking about winning now, you've got, in essence, four weeks. You get a four-week reprieve, barring injury right now, four weeks. I'm simply asking the question, if you go through four weeks and it's kind of like this, then what? So you can tell me relax, that's fine. (laughs) People say it all the time. But I'm pointing out an actual flaw that I, it doesn't mean it won't get better. I'm giving you a flat out statistic. And if you're saying, well, don't worry about it, it's going to get better. What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? What if, say, Randall Cobb goes down? who's been one of your better receivers, believe it or not. And we all know at some point or another, Randall Cobb does go down. So then what? Sammy Watkins on the IR right now. You would have Romeo Dubs, Alan Lazard, a banged-up Christian Watson, Samari Torre, and Amari Rogers. That's your wide receiving core. Suppose he gets hurt. Suppose Cobb or Lazard get hurt on the first play of the next game. Then what? There's no relax here. You right now are starting to hold your breath. And I, I, I'm not saying panic. I'm just simply saying you got to think about this. Now, Watkins could come back. Christian Watson could come back and be great. Start to get on the same page, catch some balls, relieve, relieve some of the pressure on some of the other guys. Yeah, things could get better, absolutely. And I would expect they would. I'm only throwing it out there because it's a real statistic. It's sitting here in front of you. They don't have a downfield threat for numerous reasons. What do you do? Because I'll tell you right now, 
You can't win a Super Bowl like this. You cannot, you will not. That's why I, I agree with you. Complicated, Phil, I agree with you. Relax. It's going to get better. I agree. But I'm telling you, this you can't win with. You can win games, but you won't win a Super Bowl. But isn't that the ultimate goal? Of course. So what do you start what do you start thinking about? I'm asking you to think beyond right now. Think beyond. That's all. 877-867-1670. We're going to ask Mark Schofield of SB Nation about this. Also, uh, Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, is going to be joining us later today. You're going to hear from Matt LaFleur today. You're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers, hopefully at some point today, uh, if we have time for it. But we got all of that coming up. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Don't forget about the opening drive at Quick Trip. You go in, you get some gas, you type in your Quick Rewards card number, which is your phone number. You type it in, okay? You get into all of that. And then you're registered. And then they're going to pull one name a week. And for every yard they garner, you get cash. If you're the name, you get cash back because the Green Bay Packers do good things. If they end up scoring a touchdown, you got 500 bucks coming to you. I mean, it's, it's great stuff on the opening drive contest from our friends over there at Quick Trip. And I'm going to be in the home of Quick Trip, which is La Crosse, Wisconsin, coming up uh, here uh, tomorrow. As a matter of fact, tomorrow night, going to be heading into uh, La Crosse. For the tapping of the golden keg and the golden can and the tapping of something. I mean, we can tap in all kinds of stuff over there on lacrosse coming up this weekend. There you have it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Watching a Thursday night game, and you're going to watch the Brewers game tonight. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake, home of the Pig Porker Sandwich. Um, pig Porker had a different connotation when I was in college. But that, big, that being said, uh, they have the Pig Porker Sandwich out there. Good stuff. Their pizzas are really good, too. They have a buffalo chicken wrap at Curly's that is outstanding. So if you're heading out, uh, and especially this weekend, maybe watch the boats go by on Pewaukee Lake right there by Smokey's Bait Shop. Check out our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. On Pewaukee Lake. You'll see it right there. Uh, so the reaction uh, coming in regarding the uh, statistic that I threw out there. Uh, Ryan says, of course it worries me. But they're working it out. Uh, the rookies are going to take some time. And who knows uh, what we're going to get out of Watkins with his injury history. But if the O-line continues to get healthy, then it's going to be okay. Dennis says, I don't get too worried about the statistics three games into the season with a fairly new wide receiving core. Uh, they're still developing a chemistry, and due to injury, haven't been at full strength as of yet. I think the offense has changed uh, with more focus on the run game. The defense looks to have an improve, uh, looks to have improved, and that helps give the offense more possessions. There was a lot of concern over the defense last year. I think they addressed that. You can always say they don't have a so and so. Uh, they don't always have so and so, but uh, what you have and what you have in the NFL is all that you can afford. So in other words, you're not worried. Is that what you're that what you're saying? Uh, Mike says the key phrase here is the first three games of the season. The offense is getting better every week, and the defense is already playing at a top ten level. They're fine. 
I don't know if they're fine. Defense is playing good. That'll give you the next four games. What I don't want, what I don't want, and, and I've stated it from the beginning, I, I you know, the, the regular season is merely a formality at this point just to get to the postseason, but what I don't want is four wins over the next four weeks to mask what the problems are and to think everything's okay. We've been there, done that for three years in a row. When you get to the postseason, your problems are exposed. So I, what I don't want is for everybody to go, oh, well, look at them. They're 6-1. and one. Come on. They're 6-1. They're and one. They should be 6-1. and one. What I want to see is if they can go in and get a win, a hard-fought win, and score points against Buffalo and Buffalo. What I want to see them do is put up good numbers and keep the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers against the Dallas defense. Can they beat the Rams? Can they beat the Vikings? Uh, you know, I shouldn't say again, but when the Vikings come calling. Detroit's a pesky team. They're not good, but they're pesky. They're better than the Bears. Can they beat the, beat the Lions twice in their own division? Will their only loss of the season in the division be that first opening game? You know, those things will then be indicative of how much they fixed it. I'm only giving you a statistic. But I also, I circle things throughout the season when I say, you got to pay attention to this. Not saying it's the inevitable. That's where the iceberg is below the, below the waterline, and that's going to sink the Packers Titanic. But I'm just saying there are things that you need to pay attention to to say, is this getting better? Because if it's not, or if it's a glaring weakness that shows its ugly head all throughout the season, then you have to say, boy, if you and I see it, don't think that some of these NFL coaches aren't seeing it. You know what I mean? Um, Kyle says the defense looked good against the crummy Bears and Tampa Bay, who had all of their wide receivers out. If those guys are in the pack, uh, if those guys are in, the Packers lose the game. Um, Kyle, I don't necessarily think that way. They put pressure on Tom Brady. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Kyle. This is the other aspect of this. Packers, they don't have Devontae, and they don't have, you know, their top guys. Bakhtiari was coming back from injury. And, you know, if Bakhtiari was at full strength, would he be better? Sure he would. Would that, would that offensive line be better? Sure it would. If Sammy Watkins was there, if Christian Watson was there, another game to get on under his belt, would they be better? Would he be get the downfield threat? Sure they would. You can say that about anything. Injuries, you can always point to. I, granted, they were, the wide receiving core was decimated. But we've seen Tom Brady make chicken salad out of chicken stuff before. The whole thing about, well, if they had their guys, you'd be dead. No, not really. Not really. Packers did a really good job defending the run. That's what they wanted to do first and foremost. They held Leonard Fournette to, what was it, like 60 yards, 50 yards? It was it was minimal. Minimal yards per carry. They put him in third and distance situations that they wanted all day long. I mean, come on, they had, what, five or six straight three and outs? I think they ran, I don't know how many plays, but it was it was it was just nothing. They they had a good game. I'm not going to knock them because there was there was you can only play the guys that are on the field in front of you. You can only play the schedule ahead of you. Right? Um <clears throat> this is from uh Thomas says would love to uh, see Goody pull the trigger on the wide receiver from the Patriots. Uh this one says from Rick if AJ Dillon 
keeps running uh, into the back of the middle of the offensive line over the next four games, I'll be worried uh, going into Buffalo. He's a guy, though, that's north. Two things, Rick. I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree with you. But here's the other thing: they're not they're not starting him running downhill. They're starting him with a stutter step in the backfield because of shotgun. And I hope somebody asks Matt Lafleur about that question today. Hey, Matt, going back through the game, you know your first three series, you ran under you, you had shotgun quite a bit, but you ran you had quite a few plays under center. Why did you abandon that? Why did you abandon? calling plays from under center for Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because it does, and then when you're running the ball, it doesn't give your running back a full head of steam to get into the play. You're basically, he's waiting for the snap back. Not only is he waiting for the snap, because when the ball is snapped, think about this. Okay, let's think about the technical aspect of this. Ball is snapped. The minute the ball snapped, the, the running back is running, right? And then a quarterback turns around and hands him the ball. He's got a full head of steam, and boom, he hits the hole. Otherwise, when it's in shotgun, the running back, the ball is snapped. He's got to stand there. Not only to stand there and wait for the ball to be snapped, but wait for the ball to be caught and then handed to him. Which takes that extra second. You're giving the defense an upfield push to begin with. Why Why would you do that? So I hope somebody asks Matt LaFleur, why shotgun all the time? Because I think it's a legitimate question. I really do. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. Come on, phone lines are wide open. You guys, does this bother you at all? And I'm not sitting here, you know, peeing gloom and doom all into the fan all over Packers fans. I'm just simply saying, here's a fact, a little bit concerning. Let's circle it, watch it. Can they win that way? And I'm not talking about can they win that way in the regular season. I'm talking about can they win that way in the postseason if things don't get better and dramatically better. Right? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Patriots this Sunday here in Green Bay. This will be the 13th time these two franchises will play, dating back to 1973. Green Bay holds a six-game tie with New England, including the playoffs, when they beat the Pats in New Orleans in Super Bowl 31. Bill Belichick has hired back some of his assistants that didn't fare well as NFL head coaches, including former Lions head coach Matt Patricia, now New England's offensive line coach. He talked about getting back up Brian Hoyer ready at quarterback this week. Now that Mac Jones is out with a high ankle sprain. You know, the quarterback position is no different than, than any other position. So uh, whatever winds up happening as we go through the course of the week, we know that those guys will prepare uh, to be ready to go play. And certainly with Hoyer and his experience, I think that's what he does every single week. He's been doing that for a long time, so he's ready for that. And after the Packers beat the Buccaneers Sunday night, Aaron Rodgers made this comment on the NFL on Fox. Sometimes you see things in the game. Sometimes the Jumbotron shows things they probably shouldn't show, even at home. Uh, I saw something and just passed on the information. Rogers asked to clarify those remarks yesterday on the McAfee Show. I did see something on the Jumbotron that I didn't. That I went down and relayed to Matt. I'm not going to get into exactly what I saw, um, but I just thought I, I thought I saw something. I walked down it. I relayed it to Matt. Whether that got relayed to Joe or not, I'm not sure. Either way, it had nothing to do with the two-point conversion. There was not an image of, like, the, you know, the, the Microsoft Surface or anything on there. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny, though. But even still, you know, even if you if you know something's coming and you relay it, um, you still got to go out and execute. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. All 
got them? You don't want them. You know what I'm talking about, right? Bed bugs or ants or stink bugs and some of the stuff that flies around the house. Uh, even though this is the time of year you don't get a ton, they start to move indoors as the weather starts to get colder outdoors. You don't want them. You want to get rid of them. Our friends at Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros, that's the place to go. Call Michael over there, uh, 414-877-5811. 414-877-5811 or go to milwaukeebedbugpros.com. They're safe. They're effective. They have different types that they can do, whether you got kids or pets, no problem. They can take care of that as well. They have thermal treatments, chemical treatments. They kill both the bug and the eggs, uh, discreet trucks and uniforms, and they have customized solutions for your uh, for your needs, your budget. Uh, and they do residential, townhomes, multi-unit apartment buildings if you're an owner, uh, condos, dorm rooms, hotels, motels, resorts, medical facilities, and daycare. Think about all of that different stuff. Get a hold of them today, 414 414- 877-5811 for more information and to schedule an appointment call michael over there that's milwaukeebedbugpros.com that's milwaukeebedbugpros.com um good to have you back uh, coming up after the top of the hour mark Schofield uh, is uh, with sb nation going to be joining us and we're going to talk with him uh, about the packers downfield prowess at this point and the sustainability of something like that just in case okay just in case uh this is from anthony who says you're bringing up the negative why so negative? Anthony, I gave you a fact. Why, 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 why does that bother you? Probably more so than anything. Why does it bother you? It's a fact. That's all. Do I expect it to get better? Yeah, it better. Because while you can beat bad teams this way with a good solid defense and a decent run game and the, abil- uh, the ability to you know kind of dink and dunk your way down the field, you're not going to do it consistently in the postseason you got to have that big play capability. You have to have that threat because if it doesn't ever develop, then teams are going to, like, you know, our, you know, emailer said earlier, they're going to start stacking the box, taking guys away. So, yeah, you better. You better be able to develop that. I think they're going to develop that, yes. But if they can't, are they the contender or the pretender, you know? Uh, Jeremy over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michael, says, I'm not concerned at all at this moment with the wide receiving core regarding your short passing start uh, or stat. If anything, uh, the shorter passing game may entice more teams to play man coverage on the backside. I'll take Aaron Rodgers plus any rookie receiver over man coverage seven days a week. Okay. I'm not going to argue with that because I think it can be successful. You just need that downfield threat. That's the only thing I'm saying is that when people talk about missing Devontae Adams, that's where you miss him. The offense itself can be operable. But the rest of it, eh, you got to figure something out. You got to get that downfield threat. It's also something that feels like, like we haven't seen this offense in a two-minute situation, need a touchdown, win or lose kind of deal. And when you cannot run the ball and don't have time to do it, do you have the ability to go down the field in 30 seconds, right? Like we've seen Rodgers do time and time again. That's exactly right. Do they have that a bit right now? No. No, I, I don't think so. You know, let's just say in the game come Sunday, they, you know, you got a minute 30 on the clock. You're down by, you know, a touchdown. New England's defense, not bad. Can you, do you have the ability in, to go 80 yards? Like right now? It's a question you ask yourself. Mark Schofield. SB Nation.
going to join us coming up next. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Got the wheel spin Wednesdays. Oh, you can win yourself 5K today. 5K at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com for all the details. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 